2: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. So how's things going, Dev? What do you got
2: for us today? Things are great. <laughs> People are more violently opposed to fur than leather because it's safer to harass rich women than motorcycle gangs. that's a good one (laughs) uh i was thinking um i was thinking about that because today we're talking about uh leather work and the bushcraft leather sheath and uh i was just looking through stuff and Thinking, yeah, why why aren't people more against leather? Right. <laughs> Instead, of, Because every, it feels like everybody's got a leather belt, leather wallet, leather purse, leather shoes. It's because
1: fur comes from squishy things and comfortable things that you don't want to kill. <laughs> Pretty things. <laughs> Some Dalmatians. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're not going to harass a,
1: a biker gang. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I guess yeah. I wonder you know, the the main source of leather <clears throat> for for leather work is probably you know cow. Um, you know, d- in different areas of the world, you can see like kangaroo, and you have snakeskin and alligator and right. things like that. But uh, you know, people were like, ah, oh, it's just cows, same thing as burgers. You <laughs> <laughs> know, they're animals too. People, we don't care. Yeah, right. we don't care about them. throw paint on a rich white rich rich lady in her fur coat (laughs) or a (laughs) wrapper
2: yeah it's uh (laughs) that's funny it's funny it's a funny dynamic for sure yeah um
1: yeah so i think that's that's a good question though it's like when when i'm making leather work i don't ever really think about it that way now obviously it's you know you have different processing plants and things i would just as a, as a maker, um, and you know, as a a person who, I mean, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but you know, I do appreciate, uh, when things are harvested like organically and, uh, you know, animals are treated humanely. Um, but right in my, in my mindset too, I mean, if, if the leather is being used, then at least it's more a a part of that animal that's being used, especially with like cow hide and
2: things. Right, yeah, like, and you would think that's one yeah. of the most um, abundant resources has to be cowhide because the amount of beef we eat every single year. Right, um, yeah. So, I mean, what else are they going to do? I, I would assume they, they they work out a deal where they kill the cow, take the meat, and then sell the hide to somebody, and they the, they, the tanner, and then they right you got a lot of
1: yeah that. so the yeah the bigger manufacturers obviously are getting it from a source and it's probably a source of someone who is actually a manufacturer of beef right They're obviously not killing the <laughs> cow just for their
2: hide <laughs> why don't you do it together you have the meat and you sell the hide <laughs> maybe they're not we just came up with a brilliant idea <laughs> I don't know how maybe this got me thinking about it. for some reason I was watching Steve-O's um, from <laughs> Jackass his yeah. his YouTube channel because it's just it's funny he's He's real like he's sober and kind of straight edge now but he he regales uh old stories um and one he was like when he started getting um sober and clean and become a vegetarian he uh he said he did an interview for PETA whilst sitting on a leather couch. <laughs> 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 then he's realizing like, right, I got to I got to get it get get it right here. <laughs> he's trying to be vegetarian pita man while doing interview on his leather couch
1: <laughs> yeah right Got to be a little more comprehensive in my uh my ideals <laughs> hey you know oh. if if someone already made it if a craftsman a grass person made that thing you know you might as well buy it and and use it, I guess. I don't know. That's the whole supply and demand. <laughs> right. If you, if you buy, like, I'm, I'm like, well, if it's already there, you might as well buy it and use it, so it's not going to waste. Yeah. You know? But if you buy it, then more people want it. That's right.
2: And the dead cow doesn't feel good about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah the 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 leather work, yeah, it's not your favorite, right? Uh, it's it's not. I I really
1: like the look of leather work and I really like its purpose, but actually making leather, you know, things is not my favorite. Um, it's more, it's, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things that I do as a maker, it's one of those things that's a necessity. You know, it's like, uh, sweeping up the shop. It's not my favorite, but it's gotta be done (laughs) (laughs) because I want to use the shop. Like If I want to make a knife, a knife needs a sheath to protect it. So I'm a maker. I'll make a sheath instead of buying a sheath. Um, it does so, kind
2: of make gut. Yeah. Why leather instead of something else? I know uh, yeah. leather's pretty available and pretty. I mean, it's really easy to work with. Right. I mean, I think that's we know the history of mankind. It's it's everyone's had leather. Everyone's worked with leather and and uh, dressed themselves and made sheaths and the and the um, the history of this country. Guys in furs and leathers and right. uh, trouncing through the woods. Um, so why? But now since we have other materials in these modern times stuff like kydex and uh yeah i I don't know what else you could use but why leather um i mean i think so
1: one thing uh that leather does is that it um it's it's soft so it doesn't scratch your blade um but it's also uh it's um It has the ability to soak in moisture, which will hold it there. So it also pull moisture away from your blade, which is kind of nice. But Mm. if it gets wet, it could hold moisture. So you have that downfall. Um, It looks really nice. It feels, it's warm. It molds to your body. It can, you know, age. It has, there's a history to it and it can like take on a history that I don't think you get with Kydex or Canvas or something like that.
2: Um, A A history of murder.
0: <laughs> fine, <laughs>
2: fine. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Ruin it, it for we're, me. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about leather. The, yeah. the bushcraft and leather. That's the. That's end it. The that's okay. it, folks. Seven minutes. Been in. Good. <laughs> No, yeah. I'm sorry. You no, know.
1: and actually I, I bought a piece of Kydex a while back. It's like an eight by 10 sheet enough to make a single or maybe two small sheaths. And, um, you know, and Kydex is pretty cool. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a material that once you warm it up, you don't have to get it super hot, but you warm it up and then it, it becomes super flexible. Um, so it's like PVC or something like that where you warm it up. You can shape it. You can press into whatever form you want, and then when it cools, it hardens again. So it's a really nice um, material. There are a lot of knife makers that use it, um, and I can see a lot of like benefits to using Kydex over leather, especially for um, for you know a bushcraft knife or a camp knife where you want it to be protected. Um, you know, again, like I said, the leather can, can can become wet. So there's different processes and things you have to go through. But again, there's just a there's a feel to leather, a warmth to it, a look to it, and that all comes into play when I'm like deciding to use leather over something like Kydex or canvas or rawhide. You know, different options of things you could do. Um, so I think it's really an aesthetic thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. I just think it's I prefer a leather sheath on a knife rather than a plastic or a Kydex or a canvas sheath.
2: Yeah, and I th- I think it it looks good with just on um. your hip and on the belt, and it looks good with usually. I mean, you do uh, wooden handled knives. It's, you mm-hmm. don't have a lot of weird, um, what acrylics and plastics and stuff. It, it's right. pretty it, like natural and natural. It kind of, yeah. I think it, it blends. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it too. I that's, it's my favorite for sure. Right. Yeah. That's definitely an aesthetic, um, part
1: to why I choose leather over other materials. You know, that final presentation of that piece someone sees it on your hip or you're going to, especially like making things to sell or give away. There's just a, an aesthetic, you know, a look to it that I appreciate. And me as the artist, you know, it's my decision to what goes into it. So that's what I prefer to go into it. Now, again, if it was like, if I was going to go on a, uh, a trek through the jungle, you know, I'm, I might buy a plastic handle sheet, a plastic handle, like a Mora knife, you know, with a plastic handle or a rubber handle and a plastic sheath. And stainless steel, right? right? It's purely um, purpose-driven. Yeah, but as you know, in this area where we are, this climate—you know, upper uh, northeast uh, area of the United States—we have the forests, and it's not super, you know, humid or wet. You know, So we get like this nice kind of moderate climate, and uh, for this area, that makes the most sense. When I like the look of it, and it works perfectly well for right. uh, backpacking and camping, which yeah, is what we're I not for
2: we're not going on a two month trek through the jungle. Right. So you need like perfect gear that can lay out in the rain for two days and not be spoiled. Absolutely. Like, but, we're not doing that. It's uh, yeah, hiking I mean, even, and camping so. for weekends. Right.
1: I mean, I guess that, you know, makes sense too. I mean, from different areas and different um, cultures around the world, you get different types of, of sheaths and knives made out of different things that are, you know, that are, perfectly designed to to suit their climate so you know if you get um you know, like a, a puko up in the northern area of you know europe that might have a leather sheath or a wooden sheath or um you might get like a, a uh like a reed woven protective sheath that goes around a type of knife that someone in like the southwest might have used or you know when you go into the jungles you're gonna have different types of leather or snake skin or you know all sorts of different things to, to match those climates so I guess that's something I mean, yeah. to take into account
2: yeah it matches the climates and it's yeah. uh, what they had available I was uh I was thinking about it comparing leather work to baking instead of um, normal cooking ah. almost there's very it's very clinical obviously you can have a, a great baker and you can have a horrible baker but it's like, right. if you follow these exact rules, mm. cut this to this amount, stitch this here, do bend this here, you know, it's it's very um, specific. Yeah. And oh, there's yeah, so right. many steps. And if you mess up the step, it kind of screws the bake up. Right. right. I think that, that might go back to that question is like,
1: why... Um, why it's not really one of my favorite things to do as a maker is to make leather sheaths Uh, because it is that doesn't it, it lacks that the, the kind of uh, artistic side somewhat, you know, I can make decisions as to like what color I want the leather, um, you know, how big I want it, but it's really a utilitarian thing. And I think that's one of the things about craftsmanship is that, you know, you're taking something that's art and you're making it utilitarian you're making something that can be used and has a purpose other than just to, uh, present an image to a person, you know, to a viewer, um, and so there are there are, in other art forms and other crafts and things, you have much more creative control. Um, with leatherwork, it's a very purpose-driven thing, and like you said, it's very step by step, right? You know, and which is why in the not in this that specific video, the bushcraft sheath, but in one of our, in the other, the th- the creating three sheaths at once, I kind of started that way and went through those steps because, you know to give that information to other makers on YouTube was important because it's always made a big difference for me because as learning and growing, um, as a leather worker, you see these different steps and if you follow the steps, you can get it right. And if you don't follow the steps, you almost screw up completely and have to start over or you have to tear out your stitches and, you know, pull glue apart and redo (laughs) all the things. So if you don't, if you don't follow the process, you can end up having to start completely over, which is not the same with a lot of other uh, crafts, where you can kind yeah, of crafts. you could flub you can, up a yeah. step and still make through. You know, it's, it's it can still work.
2: Right, you're working on your bow or your handle, even though it's very specific to get it to work right. It uh, right, you have some wiggle room. Like I said, it's the other way. It's cooking. It's yeah. a steak or something. Add a little bit of this. It's not really, uh, you know, you, you ask a lot of um, uh, foodies. Like how much of this did you use? How much of that did you I don't know yeah. just a little little just bit a of this. dash, <laughs> yeah, whatever it feels right, you know, mm-hmm. but when a it's pinch. baking, it's like oh did you how much of that did you put in No, uh, that was that was a one tablespoon too much, yeah, that's why it's screwed up. that's why it's uh flat instead of bread yeah, exactly <laughs> or or you know or
1: you didn't you know you didn't like cut in the butter. You know, the, if, if you don't cut in the butter or fold in, in the butter, butter, you know, then it's not like, it's not dispersed evenly. And then you're going to get one side that rises funky and one side that doesn't rise. You know? <laughs> so yeah, with leather work, if you don't, if you don't do your stitches on your belt loop before you do the glue up and you fold the fo- the whole form, then you can't get to the inside to do the stitches. Like right. you have to open it back up and start over.
2: So, so there's no kind of leeway. Really discouraging people to get into leather, leather craft. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, it's, it's, <laughs>
1: no, but that, I mean, that type of thing, people like that type of thing. A lot of people really like that step-by-step. Like my daughter, Corinne loves that, you know, and, and that, you know, Legos and building things. And she makes all these little craft, these little yeah. like, clay creatures. And she follows a step-by-step and like, and I actually had her, um, and we can get into this a little bit more, but I had her help me take apart my forge because I knew she would have fun. Like all the, with the, the little pieces we took, right. we took everything apart and we laid it all out really organized. And I knew that she would enjoy that because she likes that, that process. So a lot of people really like that. And I think people who are leather workers enjoy that process and enjoy that. Obviously there's also the smell and the history of leather and all those things and the tools. And it's, it's still definitely still crafty, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely is a, you know, you need to know that process. You need to know those steps to follow. And especially if you're, <clears throat> I mean, most of what I've done in leather is sheaths. So I had this like step process down. I know, you know, if I were to start something else, I would use my knowledge now of making a sheath and think, okay, if I'm going to fold something or do something, I have to glue this part first. or I have to stitch this part or dye this part or treat this edge. You know, some edges you can burnish early on because you're not ever going to be, you know, you're going to be able to do them or you're not going to be able to get to the inside of something. So you have to do it. (laughs) So it's uh, the difference between you know the outcome of a leather piece that's well done or finished correctly and one that's not it's just a few steps <laughs> yeah. so got to be got to pay attention
2: or one that takes you 5 hours to make instead of 2 right because you got to backtrack and right, and right and try again yeah so so yeah i guess we can uh we can get into it the uh, i guess the subject or the topic is bushcraft knife sheath video and what's right. the official uh the for for your woodlore woodlore clone right
1: yeah so we uh we made the woodlore clone knife and woodlore if you guys aren't familiar that's uh the knife that ray Mears helped to design and create um so if you look up the woodlore bushcraft knife that's ray Mears, who is a outdoorsman and adventurous and and uh you know, survivalist uh, British guy who has you know has had TV series for the last twenty years, twenty five years, thirty years now. Um, this was a knife that he designed, and so I wanted to copy that design, um, make a new bushcraft knife, the Woodlore, and then uh, you know I wanted to design and make a sheath to go along with it. So we made the bushcraft sheath. Now, the reason why I call it a bushcraft sheath, um, a few things. So. You know, bushcraft is just a distinction, just a a name for people who like to do stuff outside. So, you know, you like to make some things or, you know, bushcraft, technically bushcraft is crafting things in the bush and uh, surviving. So bushcraft might be making a pot holder out of a stick that you can hang over the Hmm. fire, making a fire, making a shelter, making a camp, Um, all these things that you can do. Out while you're camping in the woods um, or in the bush. It comes comes from Australia originally, um, so that's bushcraft. It's just hanging out and doing things in the woods. Um, so the bushcraft sheath is designed to serve a few different things. So obviously it holds my knife. Um, the bottom is squared off, so that way it gives you a space to put a lanyard hole, so you can actually you know put a lanyard and tie it to your thigh if you want to hold your sheath down that way. Um, And also you can hang it upside down on a pack and you can hang it from the top. Um, It has a really deep pocket, so the knife fits inside without having to have a clasp. And it's also wet molded around it, so it fits in nice and tight on the kind of Coke bottle shape handle that the bushcraft knife has. Uh, And then it has two ways to hold it. So it has a normal belt loop, so you could hang it a little higher on your belt through the belt loop. And then it has a dangler, which is just an extension with a D-ring extension down, um, and a, a loop that you can then put on your loop and it'll hang down lower and it'll, it'll give it the ability to move. Um, and then it has a, uh, a fire steel loop. So a, a um, a ferrocerium rod, I designed a loop into it where it could go in there. And so the idea is that it's just, it's a, um, a multi-purpose tool, multifunctional, um, you know, pocket to put your knife put the knife right to put the fire steel and hold those two things together so so a blade to cut with and then something to make fire with um and then multiple ways that you can carry it and hold it so it really is just it's a bushcraft sheath because it's it's designed to hold um the two things the fire and the knife but then also to be more in multiple ways um you know to be able to be a little more versatile and be used different ways in the bush
2: um right and the yeah. term right people might um Givey crap for saying bushcraft whatever right i think it's i don't know clickbaity or whatever but we started with the the bushcraft knife and i was uh we have the i guess it's the bushcraft tr- trilogy we have yeah. the, the knife video then we have the sheath video then we did the, um what was the, third? the, oh, the, custom, the fire steel the, yeah the fire steel <clears throat> custom top for the fire steel yeah the handle right the handle and the which was actually I, that was kind of a long video that's how it yeah. always starts out. We'll be like it'll be like a ten minute video. I'm <laughs> just little little handle to put on the it's end like, of it. It's like it's ni- 19, like 19 video nineteen minutes long and you're <laughs> still like cutting stuff out. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but so, um
2: it's I guess it's it's like a term like any. People argue over what it means. It could be you could say outdoorsman or you could say right. like adventurer or something like that, and it yeah. would just people would tell you what that means to them. Right.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think the there's a popularity in bushcraft, um, that's come back about. And I think that was brought about by man versus wild and survivor man and dual survival and, you know, naked and afraid <laughs> all that alone. Right. The show, all these shows that came out within the last maybe 15 years or so, 20 years, all brought about this idea of, you know, bushcraft and getting out into the woods and getting out into the wild and surviving survival. Um, so maybe it's like survival arts, maybe it's camping, you know, maybe it's bushcraft, maybe it's hanging out in the woods, (laughs) you know? Um, but I think for me, bushcraft means that it's more akin to backpacking than it is to car camping. Right. So when I think of bushcraft, I think of, you know, moving, setting up your shelter, setting up your space, creating a fire, you know, you're kind of more transient, more on the move and more temporary rather than camping, which is what we've done our entire lives since we were a kid kids, which is camping. You know, you get your car, you bring some tents, you bring giant tarp, you set it up, you're on a campsite for a week or however long and yeah. you're in the woods, but you have For us, all the amenities almost of being home. Almost. But you're just hanging out in the woods. So it's a little bit... In in my mind, bushcraft is more closely related to backpacking. And and I do both those things. I do car camping and backpacking. So when I think about carrying a knife on my hip, I will always carry a knife on my hip when I'm backpacking. I may not always carry a knife on my hip when I'm car camping. Right, because
2: it's... um... Yeah, you're going down to the lake, you're cooking right. dinner, you're yeah, you listening to music, you got home. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah, you got you like it, a, it, it's 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 like like no, it's not being at home necessarily. That's more. It's like It is. RV yeah, camping, you, you have a home camping, feel, man. right?
1: Yeah, you've got like your your knife can be over in your utensil box and you know, or your bin <laughs> right. you know, or you know, you keep it near the fire. You have a couple axes there or whatever, you know. You or, definitely or, make
2: it as as comfortable and close right. to home, I guess as you can. You got the double stacked air mattress. You got the <laughs> yeah, real nice yeah. dome tent that you can stand in and fit really twenty tall. people in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a tarp over the whole campsite, so if mm-hmm. it rains, we can do stuff. You're stuck in your tent. Yeah. 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 When it rains, it's just time to play cards and, and board games. Right. Yeah. and If you're <laughs> at, out, at I your
1: mean, I when I go backpacking, and I'll bring like a little five by seven uh, tarp, or I, I really want to get a like a lightweight, like a um, Uh, silicone silicone nylon tarp like a real lightweight tarp because it's just the idea of being out in the rain without something to cover you you're just being dripped on the whole time like i always bring a little tarp just to put it up have it ready to go if if there's rain you know threatening bring some just like a couple guy lines for a a ridge line and something to tie out um but yeah you know my just the mindset's completely different when i'm backpacking I'm thinking completely lightweight. What I what can I do that I can carry on my person and as light as possible? Um, you know, I might make when when my wife and I and our daughter and you know friends and family and stuff go backpacking. We might you know our longest treks are, are weekend longs, two, three nights, four nights maybe. So we can carry a little bit of extra weight. It's not a, not a huge deal, but you know, people who are backpacking longer trips, you really got to think about all that weight. All those ounces matter. So yeah. You know, And then being able to carry something on your hip instead of on your back, right? So then I have a knife on my belt that'll always be there, and my backpack is separate. Uh, and I may also usually carry like a knife, in, a knife or two in my backpack as well, but I always have that one on my hip. And that's the one that's going to be... We're moving the whole time, so it's got to be attached to me.
2: What's the quote about the um, bushcraft heavy, just heavy equipment? You said uh, earlier, bushcraft is just hiking, but with... Oh oh uh
1: oh, what was that? Oh yeah, bushcraft is like backpacking but with heavier and shittier equipment. Something like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one of the co- one of the quotes. I'll read that one. Right. <laughs> and it's funny too because people will be like, bring a small axe, or they'll bring you know their knives and and like canvas backpacks and things, things that are a little bit more. They have this kind of feeling and a sense of. Natural, you know, or I mean, like a leather backpack. You know, it's like there's something there. I think people are trying to get back to something when they're bushcrafting. Yeah,
2: and, and you want a little bit of the challenge, right? Yeah, you want right. a little bit of it's a little bit harder, but we we like the uh, feeling of it, the aesthetic of it, the history of it. Yeah. We feel like we're camping, or we're, we're right. You feel more like an adventurer, even if you're going. Yeah. You know where you are, and you know you're only 20 minutes away from civilization or right. 20 miles, but. You feel a little cooler yeah. about
1: it. Yeah, you're challenging yourself to do something and to survive the way that our ancestors have.
2: Mm.
1: And so you go out. Yeah, we could. You know, I can go out backpacking and I can have my really nice waterproof backpack and a tent and lightweight gear and all my food dry. You know, like dry um, freeze dried food, and I can have all that stuff. And I and I do that all the time, and I love it. But then there's also a mentality when you want to go out and you want to bushcraft. You might bring something less. You may, maybe I just maybe I bring a hammock, or maybe just a tarp, you know, and sleep on the ground, and build a fire. You know, don't don't bring matches or a lighter. Just bring your fire steel, um, or yeah, like a I, tinder bundle. You know, so it's I, like challenging yourself to do some of these things, right?
2: And and if you're not if you're going up by yourself too, it for one it just gives you something to do, right? right? You're not just sitting there with like a quick up tent, and you're you've built. You you have your fire and your camps up in like twenty minutes, right? Then yeah. You're there now all day. Do? <laughs> yeah, like I wish I had some like challenges. Like I wish I had my cell phone to play like crash balls or whatever. <laughs> crash Balls. <A> terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> no one wins. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was uh, I was thinking. I so w- what we do is we usually rewatch. Or no, we do rewatch the videos we kinda want to talk about right. and if you haven't seen it, it doesn't really matter. If if you want to go back and look, right, you know, go to the Art of Craftsmanship and look at our, our past videos, it's um but I was watching it and it's so step heavy that sometimes the leather videos do feel like more like how to videos, mm, right? For for certain hunks of them, right? Right, it, right. It gets a little bogged down, but you you have no choice. Now, I guess it's not a secret, but pretty much every video we make is a how to video. We just right. don't call it that because that seems a little boring. Yeah, like if you say, I mean, you'll get a whole different group of people if you say how to make this type of knife, right? right. But you also exclude a lot of people that are going to say, okay, I, I will never make that. So I don't so, need the how-to video. Right. And how-to just has a uh, boring connotation to it. So instead we just say, making this, making that knife, making the right. bushcraft sheath. So you pull in hopefully both sides, and mm. then you're hopefully pleasantly surprised on either end. Like, oh, I didn't. I didn't know I'd be interested in seeing every step and knowing how it was done, but (laughs) that was cool. And if you're looking for a how to, then you're just happy that it's a a how to.
1: Yeah. There was, um, and not on this specific video, but one of our other videos, there was a comment. Someone said that exactly. They were like, I never in my life will I make this thing. And I was never interested in it, but I really enjoyed watching you guys make this thing. (laughs) You know? like, And that's, that's what it was was like. Oh, this is cool. You know, look at this. Someone's making something, you know, it's like watching, uh, like watching a PBS show, you know, it's about right. whatever. Yeah. You know, you're just watching you just you're watching to to gain you know more knowledge and to understand where things come from. Right. You know, I don't ever really want to uh, you know, go out on the Bering Sea and catch king crabs, <laughs> but I loved watching Deadly watch, Catch. You,
2: and you wanna learn how it's done, <laughs> you might not ever do it, but you'll right. understand how the cages go out and how deep they go and what yeah. you're using and uh
1: when we were I was was, watching. Man, yeah, I was I, I was watching today with uh, with my daughter um, re-watching the video, and she said that she said, "Oh, it's like a it's like a how to video, but it's just you making it." <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, it is." And I think she she got that feeling too because, like you said, it is kind of step heavy when you do leather work because you got to show those steps. It's like this is this step, then you got this step, then this step, and this and this and this and I keep saying like, "All right, the next thing I'm gonna do, the next thing I'm gonna do, <laughs> now I'm gonna yeah, do okay. this."
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is, it's also a little bit of us improving our flow, even though that's right. not really an older video, but I think we've gotten better all in all, getting a better flow, even though I, I really like the video and I think it's great for, right. it's a great chief video, um, but I guess maybe the flow could be better, we, but we're, we're always figuring out, just like everybody else, how to make it a little better. Right. You're figuring out a better way to present it. We're going, okay, maybe we don't have to repeat these words over and over because when we're doing it Dustin will go okay well this next step is this and then we'll work on something for 30 minutes and then he'll come back and go okay now the next step is this right (laughs) but when it's all edited together it seems like every three seconds you know maybe he'll go the next step and the next and the next and it starts then you find then you start to find after you're making them okay we, we can cut a little bit of this out we don't have to say this as much right but um it, no, it was nice, and when the music kicks in, it's a little bit of a, okay, cool, we get to chill for a few minutes, yeah. just watch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly, okay, here, yeah, you see. And then that's, I think that's when when it can, it it goes from a how-to video into a making something video. Right. And just highlighting the look of what's being made, you know, or that gives you the chance to start doing some more cinematic, you know, shots get a close-up of of me edge beveling you know you're following along the edge as the edge bevel or cuts across that's that has nothing to do with how it's done it's just showing that it's done and it's this like cool shot tracking along you see the thing cutting and so we get to get to have fun and do some of that type of stuff as well and make it something that looks really nice and well produced as well as um you know there's an outcome that you're that you come through it and you know that you can now make something or you feel like you could go back and follow along step by step.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I I liked, um, there we, since that's such a small project, there were a lot of close-ups on it and I really liked, really liked the, uh, installation of the snaps and the the button like that was, that's really fun to do. And I don't know, really satisfying to watch the whole (laughs) leather holes get cut and then the snaps go up through and then the anvil place and the, them being like hit down in the click. I don't know that that felt, I, I, I was very entertained by yeah, <laughs> rewatching actually, it. I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. That feels yeah.
1: good. I know it felt very, uh, um, like immediate satisfaction as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the way that you shot that, it felt like it almost was one take and it wasn't one take, but it felt like one take because I think the last take you did was me, um, you know, setting that last rivet, that last top, uh, snap, and then once I was done, then I flipped it around and snapped it together. And there it was, it was like right. done. <laughs> so it sounds like immediate satisfaction. It's like <laughs> Put these in, bro, there you go. It was done. And we had already prepped the piece of leather. So then it was actually looked finished when the snaps were done. You're like, Ta-da. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, whatever it is
2: on, on, you see it on a lot of videos. It's just that, uh, I don't, you know, you get those weird satisfaction times, yeah. like when people are, even if it's unboxing or someone's peeling off a sticker real slowly. Right, yeah, it's that weird close-up. You hear the sound of it. Weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't just, know why. It is. just works for you. <laughs> yeah, snaps in. To, just oh, does it's it so you. nice, cool, <laughs> it fits perfect. You know, especially yeah, uh, you know the brass metal snaps that are perfectly uh, secure. It's really right. Yeah. It's, give it's a this, well done snaps. So
1: we'll do like, a, I'll, I'll just want to kind of run through a brief synopsis of mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. did to make the sheath. Um, so that way if you are, if you are listening and you do want to go back, you kind of know what you're looking for. So I had the knife made um, and I want to make the sheath. So I knew I had this kind of design that I'd seen. It wasn't wasn't a design that I made up, but, um, you know, ones that I've seen are, I would say, a conglomeration of lots of different knife sheaths. <laughs> um, a lot of people also ask when I make sheaths, you know, they're like, why aren't you making a template? Why aren't you just using a template? Well, it's because all the knives I make are different. And I don't make the same knife over and over again. If I did, I'd have a template for the journey knife. Right. I'll have a template. You know, I have a template ready to go for the journey knife because I made a sheath and I can, you know, save time. Of course it makes much more sense doing it that way. Um, but yeah, so I start out with a piece of leather. I started out showing how to make that template. So how to start with a piece of paper and figure out what size you need your leather. You can take that piece of paper then and, uh, take it over to your leather and cut out your leather. Uh, one of the things that I kind of tried to reinforce and show is that you have to be really careful about what side of the leather you're working and cutting on because usually you're going to work on when you're when you're drawing out or um, laying out your designs you want to work on the inside of the leather the rough side because the smooth side is what's going to be on the outside of your piece that's the like presentation side so you don't work on that side so when you're working on a template you always have to remember that you're you're doing your drawings on the inside of the leather. So that way when you fold it over and close it, it's going to be opposite of what you think it is. And I've made that mistake probably at, at least five or six times making leather <laughs> sheets where I'll cut the, like, the yeah. belt
2: loop on the wrong side. Like, it's uh, the reverse work thing, almost like right. the stitching close thing where you get it inside out, and yep. do it, then flip it, and it works for the oh, outside. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. obviously the outside of the leather is what you want because it's more protective. That yeah. inside is soft for your blade, but it soaks up everything.
1: Yeah, exactly right. You have that natural kind of the natural barrier side to skin or skin that's on the outside of the leather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I cut out the template, and then um, <clears throat> then I cut out the. Uh, I think I made the belt loop. So again, kind of going back and reinforcing those steps. So you have your template. You figure out, you know, you cut out your shape. You figure out where your belt loop is going to go, and then. Um, when you have everything ready to be basically either the next step of stitching or gluing uh I like to dye, do at least an initial dye at that point so I dyed the leather dark I laid out where my stitches were going to go and my glue was going to go and I didn't dye those spots and I've had different people comment on that saying like you don't need to do that you can dye right over it it doesn't make a difference but hmm. I I can't think of um a reason why I wouldn't do it you know I can't think of a bad reason to do it so I just know that you know glue will bind two things together when they're in their purest form. So I like to just score up the right. surface so it has more surface area and and glue the leather together when it's just leather. And if I put mm. dye or if I put um, oil, then those things are coating those fibers. So <clears throat> marked right. out my spots where I'm gonna be gluing the um, the sh- the, le- the belt loop, which folds back onto itself. Dyed everything. Um, laid out my welt. So the welt is the piece of leather that goes. Uh, in it goes in between your two outer layers of leather and it protects your stitches from the blade of your knife so when you put a a knife into a sheath the part that the part of the sheath that the blade hits is usually there's a welt there and that is just a a piece of leather so you have a third layer of leather to protect your uh, stitches from your blade Uh, so cut out the cut out the welt um, and then had dyed everything glued and stitched the belt loop back first, while the while the sheath was still open, so I could actually get to the inside and do those stitches. Um, and then once that was finished, then I with my welt glued my welt into place and closed everything up and glued it into place. Let the glue dry, um, and then I cleaned up the edge where the where the um, the raw leather was where the three sides came together. I always do that. Um, before I do my stitches because I want to make sure that that edge is clean, that all the layers are to the same length and that I have that final shape that I want. <clears throat> that way, when I put my stitches down, they'll follow the edge really cleanly and be in like a nice, evenly spaced all the way down. Um, in this uh, in this video, I actually used a fork, like a regular table fork to mark out my stitches. Right. Um, I, have, I have a stitch wheel, like they, there's a leather tool you can use. It's a stitch roller and it kind of rolls out and marks it up. I just find... And I know I can get a bigger one, but I the one that I have, is, is the stitches are a little too close together. And again, that's like an aesthetic thing. I just think it looks too close together. Um, so right. I marked it out with a, with a fork, which is a little bit further apart. Maybe uh, not quite a quarter of an inch, maybe three three sixteens or something. Um, and just kind of marked those all out. And then uh, went back in. I put a groove. So I have a, a, a leather groover so I can kind of groove a line and that will... Uh, put basically um, an indent into the leather so then I can put my stitches in, and when I stitch all of the the sides together, those stitches lay flat or below the surface of the leather, which just helps to prolong the life of that piece so that way your stitches aren't sitting up above the leather and getting rubbed off and scratched off, broken. Right. uh, So I um, sanded the sides, uh, put down the groover, or, you know, laid down the groove line, laid down the stitches, um, and then stitch everything up. And that always takes a decent amount of time. Ooh, I didn't miss a step. I put in, I was putting in a dangler. So I wanted to put in that D ring on that belt loop before I stitched it up
2: <laughs> because right. if I didn't do it, then oh, I would yeah. have had to like bend it open and put it in. And that would have been a heck of a job. You also didn't but, say, or maybe you did, uh, drilling out the, the holes. Oh,
1: the holes. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's so, yeah. Um, which is so, a tricky,
2: a very a tricky thing. Right. To do. Um,
1: yeah, so I have been drilling out the holes for my leather, um, for the stitching on leather sheaths, because the the needles are so big and the stitch the the material is pretty thick um, that I wanted to kind of make those spaces. Now I've had a few people comment on that um, that it's better to not do that because what you're doing is you're removing leather, and so it doesn't have the ability to close that hole up. So leather is kind of naturally a, like a self-healing material, and it's not actually going to uh, heal completely. But once you puncture it, or you push like an awl or um, a nail through it, you pull that out, it'll eventually close back in, right? It'll expand around it, so it it helps to hold the stitches really tightly. Um, so since then, I've actually I've done that. I've taken a a nail, like a finished nail, the right size. And just chuck that into my drill press, and just use that to drill holes with a nail instead of um, instead of an actual drill bit. So it, it opens it up, it spins it, kind of warms it up, so it'll actually kind of open and expand. It'll stay open. And it'll make it easier for me to stitch. But that it has the ability just to kind of self heal and seal back around those stitches. So, mm. um, and one of the tricks that I do for for drilling out the holes, or even like punching the holes with an awl, is to uh, put a spacer beneath where I'm going to be drilling that'll go between the surface of the the drill table and or whatever piece of wood I have on there and my leather to be able to bring that leather up because it needs to be parallel then the the edge of that leather needs to be parallel with the surface that you're drilling and perpendicular like as close to ninety degrees from the drill bit because I can lay down that line I can mark all those holes on the front but as soon as I drill if I'm not drilling perfectly straight up and down, and it's not going straight through the leather on the back side, those holes are not going to look straight. They might come in out at an angle. They may be closer to the edge, further away. So the only way to kind of control that is to make sure that that those three pieces of leather that I'm drilling through are parallel with the table and perpendicular with the drill bit. So I usually yeah. put a piece of wood or a piece of leather.
2: Um, yeah, that seems to be one of the trickiest it. parts. Yeah, I've done. A sheath like that, where the backside came out a little funky, because you're you're um, obviously making the front real straight and nice, but it, it, whatever comes out the back is kind of what comes out. So you really have right. to be careful, um, keeping that spike or that. I think I did mine with a um, an all maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. But keeping that straight up and down, so it mm-hmm. you get the same nice, pretty line on the back as you do right. the front.
1: Yeah, and obviously with uh, you know, with a not a sheath, you're gonna be wearing against yourself, so you want that outer side, the side that's facing away from you, to be the presentation side. So, that's the side okay. where you actually lay down the stitches and make everything look nice. But, I mean, just as a craftsman, you want everything to be well done, even if you're not gonna see it. You want it to still be well done. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you are sure. going to, you know, if you're picking up a sheath before you put it in your belt, you're going to look at both sides. You want it both sides to be nice and straight. So that's a, a
2: little trick. It's just to <laughs> and, put a spacer there. And uh, I guess not, I was going to say these days, but anytime, if you do say, oh, I made this myself, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, really? Like, let me see. And then yeah. they do want to grab it and look. Right. But they'll be like, that's a really nice knife or that's a really nice sheath because, you know, a lot of people aren't making them themselves. So you might yeah. get more people looking at, looking at them close up than you think. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a um,
1: a factory made thing or you know a mass produced thing, they're gonna assume they're gonna either it's all gonna be perfectly perfect because it was mass produced <laughs> perfectly, or there's gonna be defects that they're like they can just blame it on the manufacturer. You know, like oh, ah, yeah, it's a right. manufacturing defect, no big deal. But yeah, working. if you make it by hand, someone's going to like, look at it and be like, oh man, they're either going to be impressed or they're going to be like, oh, that looks kind of shoddy. <laughs> it's all kind of crooked on the back. Obviously you weren't and paying attention. And then you can say,
2: well, where's the one you made? So shut <laughs> up. Get out where's of my yours, face. asshole? <laughs> <laughs> nice Gerber, bro. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so glue everything up, stitch it up, clean up, clean up the sides so it's nice and clean and then stitch it all, uh, and then refinish the sides, um. And then I made the little belt loop. So that's pretty much it. I did do on this night on this sheath, I made the um, the loop for the fire steel. And so I cut out a space about an inch and a half or so uh, on the welt, which then would accept the leather that would make the loop for the fire steel. And I actually used um, one of the one of our subscribers or somebody who commented on one of my earlier videos for with a fire steel suggested instead of trying to remove material in the leather, just wet the leather um, and then clamp it in a vice. And so I did that. I actually put the fire steel in and clamped it in a vise and clamped it really tight. So it actually squeezed both pieces of leather down to the almost the thickness of one. So it was the thickness of the welt. So I was actually just able mm. to cut and slide that right into that gap, into that space, glue it in place, and then stitch over everything.
2: Yeah, that was, um, that was great. And it just kind of expands, yeah. fits in there perfect. That's uh, um, another great thing about YouTube and having people comment on the stuff because there's so many people out there who have better ideas. Yeah. And and yeah. just want to and I mean some of them will be jerks about it, but a lot of them just are like hey, try this. This works great for me. Yeah. And You get the like, like yeah. Uh, I love it when
1: uh, <clears throat> the trolls will comment on a video that's like 2 or 3 years old, you know. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you can't I can't believe you did it this way. Baby voice. I hey, mean, it's so horrible. Why would you do it <laughs> that not the right way? I'm like, yeah, I understand that. You know, at the time, I didn't know better, man. Get off my back. Watch one of my more recent videos where I do this basically the same thing and then comment. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, have the you, tool
2: to do it, you know? That's <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, but yeah, that's, we're all learning. We're all yeah. constantly figuring out little tips and tricks to make it a little bit easier. And right. a little bit better each time, hopefully, because obviously you're you're not out there making a hundred sheaths, right? Every month to mass produce, you're just doing things as they come, right? Your next first project, you try. Well, oh, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try that, and then yeah, we'll learn. But your the, the whole point is just to share what what we're learning, what what we know, right. what kind of works. You can make anything work, but right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're gonna we're gonna keep making them yeah. a little, little bit better. And
1: right, I mean I think that's kind of what our channel highlights too, is the fact that I like to do different things and, you know, try different things and make things. I mean, obviously we do a lot of stuff that has to do with outdoor gear and knives and axes and things and, um, and blacksmithing and forging, but it's all just things I like to do. And, you know, I, I'm not doing it because I want to you know, Like you said, you know, I'm not making a whole bunch of a whole ton of them to sell them. It's not, it's not my job. It's my passion. And so, you know, if I do make some stuff to sell, that's great. You know, that just fits into my passion, but it's all stuff that I do, I'm doing on my own time. I'm not, you know, it's not a nine to five job where we're working. So get to do like a bunch of different things and then, you know, enjoy those things and get better, get better at those things over time. Um, you know, I'm just making a channel of, of uh, work that we like to do in, in our free time. And that, again, that's kind of what you said to me when we started, like, you're always going to be in your shop making stuff. So why don't I come over and start filming it? Right. And we'll put it up on YouTube and see what we right. can do with it. That's what it is. I mean, that that's exactly what it is. It's just me making yeah. stuff in my shop on my free time because I'm going to be doing it anyway. Right. So now I just do it a little slower than I used to because I got to wait for you to come over and film it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why we uh, leave in the the mess ups too. Yeah. It's, it's not perfect. It's we're just trying to figure it out, just like everybody else, and probably watching other YouTube videos to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, this guy, but you know, it's some old dude who's been around for forever and he's been doing it for 90 years. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of
1: times when you look for that too, if I look for a video, I really enjoy all the variety of, of skill sets and and levels. You Mm -hmm. know, so I might look up a, you know, when I started bow making, you know, I was looking up different uh, bow making people. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of things would be bow master right or master craftsmen you know so then I'd watch that and it was all these people these people that have been doing it forever and were the best of their you know the the best that they could do their best mm-hmm. makers that are out there but <laughs> those videos they're not they don't tell you how to make it they just right. those are usually just talking and showing people how this person did it but right. it's not really like it's the people who are actually working on it and learning and doing it as they do it. Those are the videos that I like watching to lig- figure out how it's done. And I might watch four or five or six or se- seven, different videos on people who are making it to be able to kind of take all of that information and make it, put it into one thing, which then I can use. I might miss something on this video or get something from this video that didn't fit in.
2: So, yeah, so that's a good point. You want to get a, a good, uh, spread of, uh, right. Of ideas. And, 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 uh, you know, old guys, young guys, you can tell there's someone who's just getting into it. There'll be some a video of a 16-year-old kid doing it, but for yeah. some reason he's really good at it. But then you watch um, old man winter in his cabin do it, and that's great. <laughs> Obviously, there's, there's a thousand different ways to skin the YouTube cat.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get that inspiration from the best, and then you learn from the people who are willing to learn along with you.
2: Yeah, that's yeah.
1: You know, I think those people too—the people who have kind of a growth mindset—are willing to um, to show what they're doing, and you know, by doing that, by all of us people who are making things and putting that out there on YouTube, just like artists, you know, we're exposing ourselves to criticism. You're like making something and putting it out there, so you're you're ready to take that criticism. So you're ready, hopefully. I am ready to learn from that as well. You know, I, I welcome some of that criticism. Sometimes someone will say something that's kind of a critique and they may have said it in kind of an off the cuff, you know, not necessarily the nicest way. And yeah. usually if it's something that I can take from, I'll, I'll thank them and be like, Oh, this is great. I appreciate it. Like that is a totally true comment, you know? And, <laughs> and I think that like, I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the criticism because I know that I need to work on that. And that and your comment, just helped me think about something that I wanted to try differently.
2: Yeah. So but I, I was thinking you don't – in art, you want to critique, but in okay, – it's it all can be art, but I feel like in working with tools and doing stuff like this and outdoor stuff, you don't have to critique. It's your – I mean, call it what you want, but it's more just sharing knowledge, right? right. Yeah. It's not – I don't have to critique the way you swing your axe to chop wood. Right. I just – this, I, this is how I do it. This is how I learn it, and I think it's it's a little better. Right, right. So instead of uh, holding both your hands on the bottom of the axe and just chopping and using you know your force of your muscles, oh, yeah, right. Let yeah. it drop down. <laughs> let your hand drop down. Let the weight of the head, you know, stuff like that. It's right. not a critique of how they're swinging the axe. It's a it's a help. It's a a tip, I guess. Right. Yeah. more tips less critiques I guess even yeah. you can critique but it's it's not a it's not a painting where you have to figure out what the idea is behind it and, the, and right there's perspective of the artist and maybe they can, it's it's not necessarily that it's hey, there's yeah. a cool way to do this and try this tool because I think it, it works a little better
1: right yeah yeah exactly so yeah instead of re- responding with a critique you know again that's the constructive criticism as opposed to unconstructive criticism. So mm-hmm. a criticism and a critique, you want to be constructive. You want to give something, some somebody, something that they can use to get better at what they're doing. And obviously, like you said, you know, with a painting or a piece of artwork, um, I think it was Picasso that said that like a painting is never done. It's just you decide to stop at some point. Right. Um, there's always something you could do. Now, a a leather sheath is done when it's done. You know, it's it's <laughs> you've made it. You took your tools. You took your supplies. You put it together. it's now can serve its purpose. It's finished. Right. Now, obviously, you know, eventually, you might be able to. It might fall apart, and you have to restitch it together. But that's not because it wasn't finished. That's just because it eventually might fall apart because of the materials. <clears throat> but uh, right there's a perf- so,
2: there's a perfect version of the tool you're trying to create. Right. Yeah. Right. So and, yeah, the, the, once the you, handle or, or what it is, and yeah. once you start changing it from there, then it's uh, diminishing returns. You're not. Right, there's no yeah. reason to keep fiddling around with it. Right. Exactly.
1: You know, and and like a, a piece, something that's a a craft, something that you're making, craftsmanship or a craft as opposed to art, is that it has a use. Right. Mm-hmm. So once you've taken all those bits, you've put them all, you put them all together with whichever tools you need to use to put them together. Once it's together and it fills its purpose. It's complete, right? That one piece is done. So um, all of that just to say that criticism about how it looks or how it works or it doesn't doesn't look right or you didn't do it right, none of that matters because it's done. I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. go back and change something I've already done, I can't can't do that step, right? But I could take a tip, like you said. You could give me a tip tip, on how to do it better next time. Like, oh, check this out or try this or maybe, like people said, you know, drilling a hole, you're removing material. If you use a nail and you put it in your drill press, it'll do the same thing. It'll give you that space to stitch through, but then that that material can self-heal. Try that in the future. That was a great tip. And I always do that now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tips.
1: Tips as opposed to critiques. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. For (laughs) craft. If I if I'm if I'm doing a painting, right, and I want to put the painting up. I might, there might be something you could say, Oh, the the blue over here is a little bit too weird or like, I'm feeling this weird thing from this perspective. Maybe, Oh, okay. I can go back in I can change that because this painting could get better by doing
2: that to it. Right. But for the, for the craft, I guess, or the, the tool it's once the wagon wheel is made, it's made. Right. I'm not adjusting it. It's a circle. It goes on the wagon. (laughs) The wheel is made. It's moving. It feels good. And it's, it's uh it's done. Yeah,
1: right. If if it wasn't done well, then I'm not going to fix that one. I'm going to start right. over. The next wagon,
2: yeah, the next wagon wheel will be a little better. It'll be I better. <laughs> um, like that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's that. That's the video. That's yeah. The, so go check yeah. it out on the on the. It's it's a good one. It's yeah. How long is it? Thirty. Uh, it's, four, it's almost, it's like almost forty. 30, minutes.
1: Yeah, almost forty minutes long. Um, and you know we we kind of revisit things we've done in the past. So we did earlier, you know, knife sheaths. But you know, this the nice thing about this is it goes along, like you said. It uh, there's the bushcraft knife making video, and then the bushcraft sheath, and then the uh, fire the steel. So I kind of did a three part, even though it's not a three part. Each thing is its own thing, but they all go together. So in the end, you get this full kit of parts that has has been made. And uh, and I do I do like that. I like making things, but also showing it in a way that. Um, it's enough of a how-to video that you could follow along and make something, and we might skip a part here or there. We might not talk about something in a video because we, it's redundant. We've done it in a lot of other videos. Yeah. Um, which or, sometimes I'm a little torn on because you know that might be the only one someone watches, so they're missing something. Right. But but we're not. Well, usually, if it, if we it's don't a, leave
2: out something that's critical. And you still will still explain what it is. This right. is a uh, saddle stitch. You can check it out here. Right. Or yeah. This yeah. is this is what I'm doing. But the main, mainly, if you're not talking about it, it's self-explanatory stuff. Right. You see, you draw it out, and then you cut it out. Right. It doesn't need talking about. Hey, now I'm going to draw it, and I'm going to cut it out. Right. It's self-explanatory. Exactly. But- yeah.
1: I'm going to take this template, and now I'm going to cut it out. So then I trace it, and then cut it. You know, and I'll show um, if there's something that I think is important. You know, I'll either ask you to show it closely, or you'll already be showing it closely, or I'll say, okay, now I want to talk about this because this is not self-explanatory.
2: Yeah, uh, so um, we'll leave a link to that video if you guys want to see it. We'll go yeah. check it out, and uh, there you go. Um, I guess we can move on. We'll just talk about what we've been up to. Yeah. Dust, what, you, what you've been doing. Uh, I um,
1: finished up, I think I, so I, I finished up the Bushcraft, a little Bushcraft mod axe for our buddy Matt Brown, who does the music for the channel. Um, uh, yeah, I, I finished the axe on the previous, uh, you know, on the previous podcast, I talked about it. But I also finished the mask, which I did on uh, the live stream over the weekend. And if you're listening, and you watch the live stream, I want to apologize for the audio. <laughs> because Devin wasn't there to correct me. And I checked the audio, I did a little test, and it sounded perfect. I walked away from the camera, I tapped on the microphone, everything was working great. I was like, this is so nice turned it off started my live stream and I didn't double check my audio but for some reason my mic wasn't working uh, so it's only the mic coming from the phone so it gets a little lost and and if I knew my mic wasn't working then I would be speaking louder and I'd be speaking toward the camera but I'm assuming my mic is working so I don't have to do that so all the little like I can talk quietly and I can show you know talk about what I'm doing and unfortunately a lot of that stuff got lost so it is what it is. I'll uh, try to do better. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I've been doing the live streams. I did, that was the second one we did. And, and, uh, and my buddy Sean from crafting a life I want, our friend, he's going to be doing, uh, one with me this Saturday. We're going to be, uh, reassembling our forges. Uh, we both taken apart our forges and we're going to re, uh, use some forge cement and get the, um, furnace cement get those all cemented back together and actually like nice and sealed because both of our forges don't heat uh, hold the heat as well as they should so we're going to forge cement them up and get them back together
2: and we will make sure you're well mic'd. yes <laughs> or, or at least you are yeah so that'll Go be on. tomorrow
1: if you guys are listening to this uh, today which for you listening to this is friday if you've listened to it when it's come out this will be this saturday so tomorrow for you guys uh between ten thirty yeah. and 11 we will start
2: so there you go. Swing by, on. ask some questions, yeah. say, Hey, uh, the podcast sent me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That would be awesome too. I'd, we'd love to like figure out how the cross contamination of our platforms is working <laughs> you know, get people coming from Instagram. That's why I post on Instagram and post on Facebook and post on, uh, you know, YouTube, um, uh, what's it, um,
2: the community community. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: All right. Us, what have you been working on, man? Over there with the little um, baby girl.
2: Yeah, the baby. We're actually uh, my wife and I have been working on getting the house back to as normal as it can be. Right now, right. we we have all the all the baby stuff all around, but we're like slowly. For I think the, for the first week, we still had everything laying out from the hospital, like the bags just open, oh, like everything yeah. was just out on the all over the counters because you're it's, <laughs> you're flustered enough and you have enough to do already without cleaning it all out and finding spots for it. So we've been slowly <laughs> making our house look like a house again, putting things away, cleaning up as much as we can. And, uh, uh yeah. And I've been, I finally got some editing done cause that's tricky too. Yeah. With the baby. But uh, man, that, uh, it's coming out folks. The machete, machete sword, sword, saber build yeah. It's coming out. It's just, I think it, it's the longest video we've ever shot. Oof. there's there's a couple full like redos um uh, <laughs> the handle you know after gluing up the handle that broke I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out the best way to show that and how much time we want to put into that because it's already 34 minutes long Shroom. and you don't and you don't have the handle glued up yet <laughs> <laughs> so oof, <laughs> it's just I think uh, yeah there's about I don't know 1500 more clips left to put and drop into the timeline and edit. So it's just, just one scene at a time. We'll get it done. But yeah, um, you will see in the videos that usually towards the end of the videos, everything speeds up because mm-hmm. it's me going, Oh man, it's this long already. Yeah, okay, I'll show, yeah, I'll show yeah, two right. shots of this. All right. I'll only show one, one shot of this. All right. I'll, I'll skip this whole bit. Like we, we don't need any of that. No more talking dust. We're just cruising through. I'll put a song on. We'll clear through 200 clips in a minute so it's coming always, out it's
1: it, i was it, thinking i'm like I, didn't i say something really cool there <laughs> where'd that thing go <laughs> she gone that <laughs> was
2: gone 30 minutes ago sorry <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep this thing under an hour all right i'm yeah. thinking i think i'm thinking it'll be a 45 minute uh, video right, so yeah but it's a it's a big it's a big knife yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's a it's a really fun project um Alex Garland from the Outdoors 55 channel who's creeping up on 200,000 subscribers which is just Ooh. amazing. He's been super super busy um all through coronavirus the whole lockdown and quarantine uh, right at the time that we started the night the the sword build which was a collaboration between he and us. Um it just it got crazy, you know, we we went over and visited with him and brought stuff over and then uh he's he's like trying to sell a house and you know people losing jobs and stuff and trying to stay afloat and, you know, trying to work on his business. And so, um, he's still the, the idea is still there that we'll still do this exchange, you know, this collaboration exchange, but we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. So we're going to go ahead and put ours out and, uh, maybe challenge him a little bit. If you're listening to this, Alex, you know, get in the shop, man. I know you're doing a bunch of stuff, but get out there and have some fun and make something fun. That was, that was, I think the main part about that too was just, Let's do like a fun build. I mean, all the builds are fun, but that one, you know, like take a machete that's already hardened to a certain degree and make a sword. You know, none of us need swords. I'm not going to use a sword. It's not a bushcraft (laughs) tool. We're making swords. And it was like, let's make swords. Let's not tell each other what we're doing, but we'll make the swords and then we'll exchange them. Like, I'm making a sword for Alex, and he's making a sword for me. It's just going to hang in the shop and, you
2: know, maybe eventually make its way into some videos or something just for fun, you know, cutting stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll put this one out and then challenge Alex, and then once he's done, we'll meet up and do a video of the exchange. Yeah. Because we've never seen what he's working on, and he really hasn't seen, well, until, you know this week or next right. week when the <laughs> video comes out he'll see but we will see it but we <laughs> will see in person it'll be his so right. that's that will come out soon folks um yeah. tr- we're shooting for maybe sunday but i'll see it, yeah. it'll be out within hopefully by the time you hear this within a week for sure there you go and uh, no, yeah, so fine. look out for it um
1: yeah we'll have the live live the the live the stream. stream come out we'll on keep on yeah Saturday, we're gonna keep
2: so. trying to do the streams yeah. uh and uh I will try to make them sound a little bit better
1: and be a little more (laughs) concise. I keep thinking like, Oh, this is going to be great. This will take me like no time at all. And I can work really quickly through something. And then it always ends up taking a long time, but that's, that's how it is
2: when it's, when it's filming something, come and come, just come and hang out. Yeah, exactly. And and watch the stream. That's it's what it's about. It's about the hang. Not necessarily. We have the finished videos to watch, but those are just to hang and you can watch them later. Sure. But it's, it's to hang out and chat, chat with Dustin and, and yeah, Like um, something, if you have specific questions, you can ask those.
1: I got a kind of funny story. Um, so earlier, let's see, that may have been, um, uh, Monday, Sunday, Monday, maybe Monday I was, uh, Oh, you know what? It was, it was Saturday (laughs) Mm -hmm. or Sunday. I don't know. Whatever. It was this past (laughs) weekend. (laughs) We were, uh, today is Thursday. So (laughs) it was, I think it was Sunday. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> I was, I was chopping some firewood with my daughter. Um, she wanted to cut up some wood and we were, we were chopping up some wood, um, just like branches and things to get ready to have a fire. We we're going to have some friends over. And, uh, I, I looked on Instagram real quick cause I was going to take a picture of my daughter and, you know, kind of get some stuff ready to take some pictures and post, which I did do. Um, and I saw that, uh, Jeff fader, from fader knives and from the knife talk podcast and the full blast podcast was doing a a live stream. So I popped on just to say, Hey, you know, like, you know, just to pop in and say Mm -hmm. hi. And usually it's always nice to see someone doing something and, and, you know, see that people are coming to see what you're doing. So he's chatting and he's, uh, He's like talking, he's sitting at his desk and the camera's right there and obviously he's got his computer there. You can't see it, but he's working on his computer and he's talking to people and uh, Roy from um, the Vintage Axe Works uh, Instagram, he was, he's there like chatting with people and all sorts of different people were there. And so I um, I say, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, you know, it's, there's, you know, the art of craftsmanship's here, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. And then like a minute later he goes, oh shit, like, <laughs> damn it he starts he starts like reaming out roy he's like roy you distracted me so he was he was putting in a combat abrasives uh order through for for like grinder belts and he forgot to put in his own knife talk 15 discount code to get 15 percent off <laughs> he already <laughs> sent it he's like oh man he's like all right now i gotta send him an email and see if i can get him to make to fix this for me so <laughs> Then, as a live stream, everyone like with everyone's input, he composed an email to <laughs> Combat Abrasives <laughs> to ask if, if they could put in the the thing. You know, he's like, "I'm stupid, blah blah blah." Like, I can't believe I did this. You know, please forgive me. You know, I know you guys are. You know, all this stuff. So he sends it. So live stream continues. You know, we're just people are chatting and talking. He's talking about all sorts of different stuff, and and uh, then like ten minutes later. He's like, you hear his computer go bling, you know, that email sound and emails come back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, here we go, guys. It's an email back from combat abrasives. And uh, so he pulls it up and he's like, hell yeah, he got the discount. They, you know, gave him (laughs) refunded him the money for the discount and all. So then he's like, all right, now we got to send a thank you email. So what do we do? So then we all compose the live, everyone who's on the live stream. It's like fifteen or twenty of us. Everyone's composing, (laughs) helping him. He's like, What do I put here? And so I I like commented some stuff and other people commented stuff and he's kinda composing, getting ready. He's like he's like, What if I ask for another fifteen percent off? (laughs) He's like, Should I ask? (laughs) And we're all cracking up, you know, everyone's like putting in the stuff and People are like, do it, you know, all I can tell you is no and all that stuff. And I was <laughs> I commented, I was like, Man, you're pushing your luck. It's like right. you try to you ask that, they're gonna take that initial reimbursement back off. Yeah. You're done. Like, Fuck you, man. And uh, he's it. like, he's like, Oh, come on. He said, like, Art of Crafts Media. By that point I told him it was Dustin. He's like, Oh Dustin, you're too nice, man. You're too he's like you're right, but you're too nice.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> too that was fun. funny. But um, yeah,
1: so <laughs> that was that was wild. And I and I actually listened to uh, knife talk, which came out out on Monday and he mentioned it he said he was there with everybody and they all like he told it real briefly about Comrade Braces. how he like he used that whole live stream all the people who were who were watching like to compose the, a, the initial email and then to compose a thank you email at the end
2: the good the good guy discount I think I was listening to a podcast once or something and they there's this thing that if you ask for a discount right people uh, usually companies always have a discount available mm-hmm. if you ask for it but if you just say, "Hey, can I get a good guy discount?" and they say, "What do you mean?" I say, "I'm a good guy. I like your company. Can I get a discount?" Right. It's something like twenty percent of the time it works. They'll <laughs> give you. A, it's because they're thrown off a little bit, a asking for discount. it, and they've never heard of something like, oh, "What do you mean, a good guy? I'm a good guy. Can I, can I maybe get a discount? I love your company, like." <laughs> and they go well, you know okay i mean if I, they give you some type of employee discount or just, i discount. guess sure yeah, like they they don't right. care all right i and it's it's worked I, I i usually do it for um when it's like a online chat thing when you're trying to get something done through you know uh, chat now with a right. representative yeah yeah right cuz yep. you're basically just asking are there any discounts available right so i mean you could do it that way but i think the good hey, can i get a good guy discount it throws them off and I usually get, <laughs> I usually get something. They're like, all right, here's, here's an extra five bucks off. Like, hey, thank you. It's so funny. You're like,
1: ah, asshole strikes again. <laughs> so the good there guy you go. Try,
2: try, the good guy <laughs> discount because you're a good
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They must've, um, the, the knife talk podcast guys must've talked about, um, live streaming because all three of them have done Instagram live streams this week. Jeff did nice. one. Marekka was doing one yesterday and then, Instagram uh, Graham and Craig. Yeah. Craig was doing one today. I popped in all three. <laughs> I have to try. might well, have to try one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy enough too because it's, you know, you just, you pop right onto Instagram and it's obviously you're using your phone audio and things like that. So it's a little bit right. Closer Cause you're only time, two feet but, away from it. Right. Right. I did one, one, uh, Instagram live stream one time, uh, probably in April or May. Corinne and I had, uh, built the we built a web of ropes in up in a tree so like a web treehouse fort thing like a big spider web and we were just laying hanging out in the web and i was like oh let's you know let's live stream so i just brought it up and for like 10 minutes just put it on and yeah we had 15 20 people hanging out like something just you do you see it like oh this person has started a live stream oh let's see what's going on <laughs> just hanging out showed the web you know hanging out with corinne in the web and that was it it's was funny
2: right nice but, um yeah yeah, mine, mine, my uh, recommendation is Modern History TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually watched them before we even started the channel, and then somewhere down the line of our channel, uh, they subscribed to us, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, so check them out. They're a big channel. Uh, they got almost 600,000 subscribers. So there we go. Again, supporting the people who do not need to be supported <laughs> by us. But there you go. Awesome content. This guy, um, Jason Kingsley, he does... Um, medieval stuff, knight stuff. He wants to test all this medieval Mm -hmm. gear. Um, he wants to try it all. He owns his own horses and fights in medieval armor and does these competitions. He tests like theories of, he will read some old passage and be like, Oh, let's try that and take it out. And all the videos are really well done. Uh, really great production value. Um, but again, they, they don't need our help. Millions of views on their top videos. Like, what was this food like? How would you put your armor oh, on yeah. if you're on you're the right. back of a horse? How <laughs> does it feel? And and how how destructive is this uh, this whatever mace and this pole? <laughs> yeah. it, it's really good. The English guy. He's got a uh, I think he's got a nice farm. It looks like it. Um, just a great great channel, Modern History TV. And if you're listening, Jason. We want you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to you about your, your farm and your horses and all the things you build and your story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How you got there. Cause you know, yeah. that's fascinating too. Yeah. That's, yeah, I just think it, that's one of those things that if, if uh, you know, if time and money weren't an issue, what would you do? <laughs> I yeah. think I'd be doing that type of stuff too. I got to make yeah. some armor, try out armor, get some horses ride around. Like, how's this feel? Like yeah. all those things that I love about bushcraft, it's, it's all that same thing. It's just mm-hmm. getting back to an earlier time when that was important I, and trying yeah, all those things.
2: He's that, just know, having fun. Definitely. He, he, he loves it. You can tell he loves doing it. He's yeah, he's playing, but he's also learning and teaching. It's all just a big kid in armor, <laughs> <laughs> loving <laughs> life, showing you how it is, showing his horses and what they do. And wow. Uh, really, really great, great videos. Check them out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my recommendation
2: this week is
1: uh, The Maker's Camp on Instagram. Uh, The Maker's Camp was uh, started last year by Jimmy DeResta in October uh, of last year. He started The Maker's Camp and it was a weekend, first weekend of October. And we couldn't make it last year because we were actually at our cousin's wedding up in Ottawa, Canada. But he was going to do it this year. They were going to do it again. It's at the Blackthorn Resort. Uh, But due to COVID, they had to cancel it. But this weekend they're doing all, uh, Instagram live streams from lots of different makers starting on Friday morning at nine. Um, and then every, about every hour and a half, there's like six or seven or eight different presenters each day. But if you go to the makers camp, so at the makers with an S makers camp, uh, on Instagram, you can find the, uh, the whole, Itinerary for this weekend. You got people on Friday, um, knife makers and uh, crafters and makers. Everybody's doing different live streams from their own workshops around the country and around the world. Um, Marekko from Knife mm-hmm. Talk, he's doing a couple. Uh, Jimmy DiRest is doing some. We got, knife again, knife makers and other builders and things. Um, all day, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up until 7.30, where Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works and from the Axe and Iron podcast, he'll be doing the last the last uh, live stream of the day on that day. So oh, definitely sweet. go check out the maker's camp. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a really cool venue. There's lots of different maker events and, you know, Jimmy wanted to kind of make one that was, uh, I don't know there, I guess uh, different, like uh, maker, um, maker, qu- maker, fast maker, these different events that are all around the world. They're all around the world. He, he kind of wanted to put one up in the Northeast. Um, so he started maker's camp last year but that's happening this weekend check out the makers camp uh, on instagram
2: ooh wish wish we could be there cuz we would yeah we would have been there we, this do, year. we do want to start going to more of those things when it becomes available again and then one day i'll listen up all the other podcasts on the makery network we need makery fest yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that right. would be awesome. We
1: talked awesome. about that. Yeah, <laughs> with Brian last week talked about that, that would be cool. Yeah, Maker Fest, uh, you know, get people together. I think most of us are on the East Coast, except for uh, except for the captain, Craig Lockwood, <laughs> but, over in, in France. But uh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Um, That's like Devin said, definitely, uh, <laughs> check out the makery network where you can find our podcasts, um, and all the other awesome podcasters like the knife talk and, and, uh, Brian from the work for it podcast we had on last week, lots of awesome podcasts, lots of really awesome makers and, uh, thinkers on the makery network. So definitely go check us out there at the makery network or makery dot network. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find us on YouTube at the art of craftsmanship on YouTube. And you can find us on Instagram at the art of craftsmanship. You can always send us an email if you want to talk or send us a DM. Our email is theartofcraftsmanship at gmail.com. And that's all folks. Thank you so much for listening today. It's been fun. We appreciate it. Go check out uh, the bushcraft knife uh, sheath video if you're interested. And we will talk to you next time.
2: If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.